Last week as we began our series called Established, I talked to you about how eternal life is not like a future destination. Eternal life isn't what happens to you after you die. Eternal life, according to Jesus, is a relationship with him. Now, that begs the question, how do you have a relationship with somebody that you can't even see? What, what does that look like? And so that's what I want to do throughout the rest of the series is explain, all right, how do you have a relationship with Jesus, this person that you can't even see? Now, I, I know for some of you, that's like a thing you're going, I don't know, is, is that even possible? How, how do you do that? Well, today I want to talk to you about how do you actually hear from God? And you're going, well, again, Gilbert, how do you hear from somebody that you can't see that isn't like right there with you? You know, when it comes to prayer, <laughs> if you tell somebody, you know, I pray, they're going to say to you, oh, you must be a religious person. If you say, I talk to God, they're going to say, oh, you must be spiritual. But as soon as you start to say, I hear from God, people go, you're crazy. You hear from, what do you mean you hear from God? How do you, how do you hear from God? You can't even see God. Aren't you crazy? Well, the answer is yes, you can. Let me illustrate it for you this way. I want everybody right now get nice and still, get nice and quiet. Those of you watching online, do the same thing there, wherever you're watching. And I want you to get quiet, and I want you to listen, and I want you to see for the next, let's say, five seconds. Here we go. Ready? Go. All right, so here's the question. Did you hear the conversations? Did you see the pictures? Going, Gilbert, if you're seeing things and hearing things, you're crazy. Here's what you need to understand. Right now, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of, of conversations and pictures all around us. But you need a cell phone or a computer or a tablet or radio or TV in order to see them. Is this making more sense to you now? Right now, there are literally TV signals and radio signals and internet signals all around us. There's conversations going on all around us, pictures all around us. The key is, though, you have to have a device that's going to tune in in order to see those things and to hear those things. And you see, it's the exact same way with God. With God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. He is all around us. Just because you can't see Him, I mean, we don't see the TV signals, we don't see the radio signals, but they're real. That's the same way with God. He is here. He is present. It's are you tuned in to hear him or not? So that's what we're going to look at today. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn to John chapter 10. That's where we're going to hang out here today. I do want to welcome those of you that are watching online with us. You'll notice that right now in the upper right-hand corner of your screen, there is a little button that's popping up that's called Talk Notes. And if you'll just push that button, that's going to take you to all the notes and the scriptures I'm going to be looking at here today. For those of you that are live here in the room with us, welcome. And if you go to our website, exponential.church, you'll be able to access all the Talk Notes there as well. 
Now, as you continue to turn to John chapter 10, let me give you just a little bit of context. Right before John 10, obviously, is John 9, and Jesus, he's just healed a blind man. And the Pharisees, they're not happy about it. And the Pharisees are going, ah, this isn't good, this isn't really God, and Jesus is in this debate with them. And eventually, Jesus says something that makes the Pharisees go, whoa, 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 whoa. You're making it sound like we don't even have a relationship with God, that we don't actually know God at all. And so then that causes Jesus in John chapter 10 to launch into this little mini sermon to talk about how do you really know God? And Jesus uses a very common occupation in that place in order to make his point. He starts to talk about a shepherd and the sheep. And he says, look, you know what? The sheep, they know the voice of the shepherd. And they can distinguish the voice of the shepherd so that they don't get confused by someone that would want to come in, a stranger that may want to steal them. They know the voice of the shepherd. And Jesus says, I am the shepherd. I am the one. You can know my voice. You can hear from me and you won't be deceived. And Jesus says that I am the gate and it's through me that the sheep enter through into greener pastures. And then that's where we'll pick up the story in John 10, 10, the very first part of the uh, verse there. Jesus says the what? The, what's it say? The, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus, of course, talking about Satan. He's talking about Satan. He knows that Satan wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to rob you. Ultimately, he wants to kill you. Both now and forever in a very real place called hell. Earlier in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus speaking about Satan says, he, meaning Satan, has always been a murderer and a liar. There is nothing truthful about him. He speaks on his own and everything he says is a lie. Not only is he a liar, but he is also the father of all lies. Now, you may not think that you're hearing from God, but I guarantee you this, you are hearing from Satan every single day because Satan is whispering in your ear, go ahead and do it. It's not going to hurt anybody. I mean, just go ahead and do it this one time, and and then you can stop after that. It isn't bad if you do that. Yeah, everybody says that it's bad, but it's not bad for you. Maybe it's going to hurt other people, but certainly it won't hurt you. There's not going to be future consequences for your actions. Just go ahead and do it because it's going to feel good. Again, that's the voice of the enemy who wants to steal from you and kill you and destroy you. Jesus, though, is different. If Satan has come to kill and steal and destroy, look at the second part of verse 10 there in John 10. Jesus says, I have come in order that you may have life, life in all of its fullness. And so Satan wants to destroy you. Jesus wants to give you life an abundant life, life to the very max, and not the way that the world would say to live life to the max. Jesus is saying, I want to give you life to the max so that you can be all that I've called you to be, so that you can do all that I've called you to do. I've got something special planned for you. Jesus says, man, if you will get in a relationship with me, if you'll hear my voice, if you'll listen to me, I will help you to walk in that. 
He will help you to do more than you ever thought was possible, but you've got to learn to discern his voice. And so Jesus continues on then in John 10, 27 to 28, and he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them what? I give them eternal life so that they will never be lost. Now, again, last week we looked at this term, eternal life. Jesus isn't talking about a future destination. He's not talking about what happens to you after die, what you die. Jesus says eternal life is knowing me. It's a relationship with me. So look at that verse again there. Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. I give them a relationship. I give them something with me so that you will never, ever be lost. Again, all he wants is a relationship with you. But like any relationship, you have to have two-way communications. A good relationship isn't just about one person dominating the conversation. It's got to be multiple ways, two people talking to one another. Now, let's face it. Oftentimes, when we're in conversation with somebody, we want them to hear our thoughts, our opinions, what it is that we want, what we desire, what we need. That's what we want people to hear. We do a lot of talking and not a lot of listening. But remember one of the series we did last year, My Big Fat Mouth? What was the verse that Jesus' brother, he said this, he said what? Be quick to, who remembers? Be quick to listen and slow to, and slow to speak, right? You got to be quick to listen. You got to be slow to speak. And so next week, I'm going to talk to you about prayer and how do you talk to Jesus. But today, let's be quick to listen. Let's learn how do we hear from Jesus. And I said to you earlier, he's here. He's present in your life all the time. But it's like those radio signals, those TV signals, those internet signals. They're there. You just can't see them. He's there. You can't see him. But you can learn to tune in and hear from them. Exactly how do you go about doing that? Well, I think that there's a couple things that we need to do. But let, let me first of all say this. Here's the big point of the day. God wants me to hear his voice, and he's not hiding it. Again, God wants me to hear his voice, and he's not hiding it. God is not playing games with you. This isn't where's Waldo, right? Like, where's, where's Jesus at? He wants to be crystal clear. He wants to speak. He wants you to see with spiritual eyes and hear with spiritual ears. Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, he's talking about how God speaks to the church and that there's an order to the whole thing. And he says, God is not a God of confusion. So God doesn't want you to be confused. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to be tuned in. So let me give you five ways to do that here today. Number one, if you're taking notes, God will speak to me through the Bible. I mean, if you want to know God, if you want to hear from God, if you want to know what his will is for your life, it's all right in here. He's already spoken to you. It's in here. We need to get in here. So many of you, you need to stop looking for a sign from God and instead start turning to the word of God. We're not to be looking for signs and all kinds of, that, that isn't how God's going to speak to you primarily. He's primarily going to speak to you right through his word. Paul says this in 2 Timothy 3.16, that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong 
and it teaches us to do what is right. Here's what you need to understand. The more that you get into this book, into God's word, the more you're going to start to become like him because you're going to start to apply the things that you're reading and that you're hearing from God. And the more you're applying those things that you're hearing from him, the more you're going to see, wow, this actually works. This, this is good stuff here. And it's going to motivate you to get into it even more. And you're going to hear from God even more. You're going to know his will even more. And the more you're in here, the closer you get to him, the deeper your relationship gets with him, the easier it's going to become to make those big decisions in life. Because let's face it, most of you, when you say, oh, I need to hear from God, what you're saying is, God, do I take this new job or not? God, do we move or not? God, do I get married or not? God, do, I, do we have kids right now or not? That's what you mean when you say, oh, I need to hear from God about something. But the more you get in here, the more you know his will in general, the more easy it's going to be to know his very specific will for your life. Now, I'll be honest, as you're praying and you're saying, Jesus, I, I need to hear from you and you're getting into the word, it's much easier when there's like a black and white scripture that says do this or don't do that, right? Because then you know that, okay, that is God's will. That's very, very easy. But again, many times you're asking things that's like, well, there isn't a black and white scripture. It's like God's will could be A to Z. How do I know God's will in those situations and circumstances? Well, that's where the next four aspects of hearing God's voice comes in. So number two there on your outline is this. God will speak to me through authority figures. Now, the Bible is the main authority that's going to speak into your life. God's going to speak to you through his word. But God has also placed other people into your life, authority figures into your life, that can speak to you God's voice. Now, who are these people? Well, I'm one of them. Pastors, they're authority figures in your life. Your boss, your spouse, our government leaders, your teacher, your parents, these are all authority figures, and they can be used by God to speak his word to you. Here's what Hebrews 13, 17 says, obey your leaders and do what they say. They are watching over you, and they must answer to God. So don't make them sad as they do their work. Make them happy. Otherwise, they won't be able to help you at all. Look, God has placed some people in your life to help make the decisions for you. Actually, to tell you exactly here's what you need to do in this situation. Now, I know that sounds scary, that somebody else is going to tell me what to do. But here's what you need to understand. This whole idea of submission is a major part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Because ultimately, before Jesus, we're supposed to say, since you died for me on the cross, I'm now going to die. I'm giving up my life. It's not about me anymore. And so, Jesus, I'm going to humble myself and come under your submission. Well, you know how you practice that? You practice that oftentimes by, can you even submit to the people that are right there in front of you that you can see? To the people that God has placed in authority over you. Because the more you can start to learn how to do that, to become humble, to become a servant to all, the more you do that, the easier it's going to get to submit to the ultimate authority, which is Jesus himself. Now, let me clarify a couple things, because again, many are going, oh man, I know some people, I don't know if I should submit to them. 
Here's the deal. If somebody in authority over you ever asks you to do something that is unbiblical, that like black and white, it's a clear directive that you shouldn't do that, then you don't do it. If I ever ask you to go out and murder somebody, don't do it. I don't care that I'm your pastor. Or you shouldn't care that I'm your pastor in that case. If your boss ever asks you to steal, you don't do it. If your spouse ever says, oh, let's start watching some porn together. Let's invite a third person into our marriage bed together. You don't do it. If your teacher, your government leader, they ever ask you to do something that's illegal, you don't do it. But notice I said, make sure it's something that's clear, black and white from scripture. We're always to obey our leaders, even if we don't agree with it. Even if we have a different opinion, even if we think that our way is a better way, you're still supposed to submit to them. Again, if it's clear black and white scripture that you shouldn't, then you don't. But if it's just, oh, I don't like what they're doing, you still do it anyway. Why? Because you're learning how to submit to the Father and to the Son and to the Spirit. It's about giving up your rights it's learning how to serve and help others. You're going, well, Gilbert, what if they are wrong? What if, like, the direction they're leading us is the wrong direction? Well, what did the Scripture say here? It said they will be held to account. You know, like, something that I'm doing as your pastor? It's not your job to correct me. Guess whose uh, job it is? It's God's job. You know, like, something your boss is doing? Something your teacher's doing, something your parents doing, you think that it's wrong? Doesn't matter what you think. God will hold them or hold us accountable for that. Your job is to obey. And I love how the NIV actually translates the end of this. It says, obey them so that their work may be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Doesn't say that Obeying them will be an advantage to them. It says, when you don't obey them, it's of no advantage to you. Again, this is about learning how to become a humble servant. That's a major, major part of what it means to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus. And so we demonstrate that by laying our lives down to people so that ultimately we can learn how to submit to Jesus fully and get that full and abundant life that he promised. Number three then, how do we hear from God? God will speak to me through other followers of Jesus. Now the key here is that it has to be a follower of Jesus. That doesn't mean that God can't speak to you through unbelievers, but oftentimes that's going to be how not to do something. When you have these major decisions in life that you've got to make, you don't want to just go to anybody. Now, by the way, these do have uh, an order to it. So let's say you have a major decision in life to make. First of all, you go to the Word. Does the Word say anything about it? If it doesn't, you see, all right, is there an authority figure in my life that's going to speak a word into my life about it? If they don't, then you start consulting some Christian friends. And you tell them, hey, here, here's what I'm wrestling with right now. And I don't know if it's Option A, option B, option C, or I mean, it may be something else. Could, could you give me a little wisdom, a little advice here? 
And in those moments, you need people who are going to give you advice, not based off of their own selfish wants and desires and what they would have for you to do, but people that are always going to direct you back to, all right, what does God say and what is God's will for your life and what's going to be best for you and what's going to be best for the kingdom of God as well. The mistake that so often we make is we'd say, well, I'm just going to go and start talking to my friends about this decision I have to make. But just because somebody is a friend doesn't mean that they're somebody that you should ask for advice. I personally, I have a lot of friends that are not followers of Jesus. Good friends. I don't ask them for life advice. Why would I ask somebody for life advice that's on a, a different path, that they have a, a, a different voice in their ear, that they're following Satan's direction more than they're following Jesus' direction? Why would I listen to their advice? But many of you, you know, you got something going on in your marriage, and so you go to your friend at work, you know, your coworker who's on her third marriage. And you're like, hey, what should I do here? Well, what do you think she's gonna say? Divorce the bum. Get rid of him, kick him to the curb, get another guy. Or you got this like major financial decision to make. And so who do you go to? You go to your broke uncle. You're like, what do you think I should do? He's like, just Spin, 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 spin. Of course, that's what he's going to say. Oftentimes, we go to the, the wrong people and we get their advice. You know, some of you, your, your parents, why, why would you get parenting advice from an unbeliever who their sole goal is just to get their kid a scholarship? That every decision that they make about their kid growing up, that's what it's based off of. Can I get my kid into the right school? Why would you take advice from them? Why would you take advice from people that are giving their opinion rather than pointing you to God's word? And that's why Solomon writes this in Proverbs 13, 20. He says, keep company with the wise and you will become wise. If you make friends with stupid people, you'll be ruined. Let's face it, it's easy to find people that are just going to agree with what you've already decided in your heart to do. You know what I'm talking about? We've all done that at some point. We already know in our mind what we're going to do. We just want to find people that are going to like rubber stamp what it is that we want to do. You need friends that can call you out. You need friends to go, whoa, 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 slow down. That's a bad idea. I don't think that's what Jesus would have for you to do. I think there's a, a better way. Again, you want multiple friends. You don't just trust one friend. You go to, to multiple friends. That's why Scripture says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. So you want people that are going to point you to Jesus, that they're going to point you to the Word. You're going, how do I know who that is? Well, just look at their life. Is Scripture, is Church, is, is, is that a part of who they are? Do you see them actively out and they're, they're serving and they're, they're mentoring and they're discipling? Do you see the fruit of the Spirit that's evident in them? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Are those things evident in their life? If all those things are evident, that's somebody then that you want to go and ask their advice. If not, steer clear. But if yes, then maybe, just maybe, God's going to use their mouth 
to be his mouthpiece. He's going to speak to you. Number four then. God will speak to me through the Holy Spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus, then his spirit does live inside of you, and the spirit is constantly communicating. At one point, Jesus, he tells his disciples, look, it's better for you guys if I actually go back to heaven so you can't see me anymore. Because I'm going to send my spirit now to come and live inside of all believers. So no matter where you're at on this planet, you'll be able to communicate with me. I'm right there with you. The spirit will speak. In John 16, 13, we read this. Jesus says, the spirit will come to show you what is true and to guide you into the full truth. The Spirit doesn't speak on his own. He will tell you only what he has heard from me, and he will let you know what is going to happen. Basically, the, the Holy Spirit is telling you Jesus wishes for, his, uh, for your life. What is it that Jesus would have me to do? That's the Spirit speaking to you. As I talked to you about in our previous series, Win the Day, one of the things we've got to be very conscious of doing is getting rid of all the distracting noises and the distracting voices that are in our lives that keep us from hearing his still, small voice. Now, I know some of you, you go, okay, Gilbert, I've heard you talk about that before, you know, that we can hear God's still, small voice. Exactly what is that? I mean, is, is that like an audible voice? Like, do I hear like a whisper? Do I actually hear something? The answer is, Sometimes, but most of the time, like for me, it's just like this gentle, like it's a nudging. It, it's, this, it's this feeling that I have that is like so strong that comes on me that I need to call this person or, or I need to, to talk to this person. Or I need to take this action or, or this, this opportunity I need to pursue. It's just like this super, super strong, I've got to do something about this. Now, the question then people have is, how do you know that was actually the Spirit, not just bad pepperoni pizza you ate for lunch? Well, when you think that you've heard something from God, you just run it through everything we've talked about so far today. All right, that, that thought that I think is from God, is there a scripture that lines up with that? Would that be in the will of God or not? What do other people in authority, authority figures over me, what do they say about this potential decision that I'm about to make? You know, every time I've ever had like a major thing, they, I think they like, well, I'll give you an example. When God called us to, to move here to Harrisburg to start Exponential, I was pretty sure it was God. So what did I do? I went to people in authority over me and I said, what do you think? You, you know me. What, what do you guys think? And ladies, what do you think? And then once you've talked to them, then you have those Christian friends that you talk to. And that helps to discern, all right, was that bad pepperoni pizza or is that really God? Because you're hearing it now through the word and you're hearing it through other people's voices. You're going, but Gilbert, what about those times that like I'm at the grocery store and I think the Spirit's saying that this single mom that's behind me, I'm supposed to buy her like groceries for what do I do then? Because I don't have time to like open up the scripture and like call you and like call some friends. I'm in the grocery store. I got to make a decision right now. What, what do I do then? 
Well, I'm asking you a question. If you buy that lady's groceries, and it turned out it was bad pepperoni pizza, it wasn't God, do you think God's going to be mad about that? Did you serve somebody? That you were generous with your money? That when the lady asked, why are you doing this? You said, well, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I think that's what he wants me to do right now. And we believe that you matter to God, and so therefore you matter to me as well. God really going to be upset about that? No. So there's just sometimes that in the moment, if you got to make the decision, real quick, just run it through the filters. All right, what would the word say about it? Would God want me to be generous right now? Would he want me to serve somebody right now? Would he want me to share my faith right now? If I had the opportunity to talk to people in authority over me or my friends, what would they probably say right now? And just go ahead and, and you do it. All right. Number five, God will speak to me through circumstances. Now, I'll be honest, this is the most, or the uh, least reliable, I should say, of all of them, of speaking through your circumstances. But sometimes God will do that. Now, the world calls this a coincidence. You know, a couple things happen, and the world says, oh, that's just a coincidence. Sometimes, though, it can be God. Now, so here, here's what I do, my general rule of thumb. When, like, two things happen, like, back-to-back, I do call that just a coincidence. When it happens a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time in a very short time, I, like, well, my knee's going, all right, Jesus, what do you say? <laughs> what, what, what do you want me to hear right now? What is it you want me to do right now? What is it you want me to explore right now? Because this is beyond coincidence at this point. It's obvious that you're trying to say something to me. And then I just go back through the list. All right, what does the word say? What do people in authority say? What does my friend say? You know, you, you, you keep looking here, then what is the, the spirit saying as I'm praying about it? And then you proceed on. Here's the deal as I start to wrap up today. God wants you to know his voice. He is the shepherd. And the closer we get to him, the more we as his sheep, we know the voice of the shepherd. And that's why it's important that we spend every single day with him so that we don't get deceived by the voice of the enemy. So here's the final point that I want to make to you. It's on your outline. The more I do the general things I know God asks of me, the easier it will be to hear his voice about the specifics of life. Again, so often we want to know, what do I do about my job? Do we have kids? Do I get married? Do I do this, that, or the other? Those are the very specific things we're asking for. But when you ask those questions of God, God, I need to hear your voice. What should I do right now? What God is doing is he's looking at you going, all right, are you already doing the things you know is my will? Are you reading your Bible every day? Are you praying every day? Are you coming to church every single week? Are you tithing? Are you serving? Are you making disciples who make disciples who make disciples? Are you already doing the things that are fully my revealed will, the black and white things of Scripture? Are you already doing those things? And as I said to you earlier, the more you do those things, the more you get to know his heart, and it's going to become easier then to know the very specific things that you're asking about. Because now you're filtering every single decision through his word, through authority figures, through your friends, through what the Spirit is speaking to you in prayer, through what is happening, these, these weird circumstances that are going on. And so you can hear his voice in very specific things. 
but you got to be doing the things that he's already told you to do. So again, Jesus came that you may have life and have it to the absolute fullest, to live it to the max. But you're never, ever going to do that until you start to learn to hear his voice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you do speak, that you are not a God of confusion, and that you do, you whisper to us in a still small voice. Sometimes you shout at us. Lord, that's not always audible. You do use these various things that we talked about today to speak to us. And so, Lord, I pray that we would get serious about this, that we want to hear your voice, and so that we would just start getting in your word every single day so we know your heart more and more, and that we would start to obey our leaders and submit to their authority, realizing that they will be held to account, but when we don't, that's of no benefit to us. And so, Lord, help us to listen to those wise voices that are, that are in our lives. Help us to listen to our, our Christian friends. Help us to every day be praying and talking to you, just saying, Jesus, just through your spirit, continue to reveal to me what it is that you'd have me to do. Make it crystal clear beyond a shadow of a doubt. Lord, I do pray that you would speak to us through those weird coincidental things where all of a sudden it's very, very obvious that, okay, Jesus, you're trying to speak to me here. And so help me to have ears to hear. Lord, basically what I'm saying is help all of us to tune in, to see and to hear the things that appear to be invisible but they're right there. You are right here with us. Your presence is with us always because your spirit lives inside of us. So Lord, help us to get in tune. Help us to set aside our own selfish thoughts and wants and needs and desires and just submit ourselves to you. Say, Jesus, here I am. I am yours. What is it that you would have me to do? And then Lord, help us to be obedient to whatever that next step is and then the next step after that, and the next step after that. Lord, we know if we do that, we know that if we're hearing your voice, the voice of the shepherd, you're going to lead us into those greener pastures, and you're going to give us the full and abundant life that you promised. Jesus, thank you so much for that, that we don't have to do what the world says to do. We can listen to you, and you're going to give us life and life to the full. Thank you again. It's in your name that we pray.